Everybody and welcome. And I keep pondering if I should say true stories of Tinseltown because I think you all know, because the song leads in if you've never heard it before, that it's true stories of Tinseltown. But I'm so used to saying welcome to true stories of Tinseltown. And I'm thinking maybe this year I'll just say, hey everybody, and welcome, but I'm not sure. What do you think? My of course this is with my lovely April, and we're doing our third summer series. What do you think, April? Should I quit the welcome to true stories you know, of Tinseltown? If you get new people, it's nice to have true stories of Tinseltown. I'm just, it's just so automatic when I start this. You know, it just kind of flies out of my mouth, and it feels weird to me not saying it. So you're right. I'm, I'm just going to say it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you, Miss April? I'm doing very well. How are you, Grace? I am doing dandy. I told April, and I may be, it's so weird, you guys. I feel so... Filled with energy, like I could, you know, if if I was in good, you know, shape, I could do a lot of things, <laughs> like you know, two hundred push-ups and swim marathon and do marathons. But it's weird; I couldn't do it; I'd die. <laughs> but um, anyway, I'll be blabbing along. And now tell us, April, who is our fifth lovely, sultry brunette of classic Hollywood? So we are doing the mean, moody, and magnificent Jane Russell. I love that. Someone did a book that title, and then when I was reading Jane's autobiography, that was there was a sign saying that about Jane. <laughs> That's so great. What a wonderful yeah. No, the the books by Christina Rice is definitely a, a good read. And as you know, I am very critical of books. Yes, yes, you are, and I am too. Believe it or not. Um, but I love Jane's autobiography. I really did. I, th- I didn't think she'd be as honest as she was. And um, she was great. It, it was very, it kept me going. Yeah, no, I think she's one of those people. She's polarizing for, you know, reasons we'll get into. Later, but there's yeah. also a lot of good there, too. She's a very complicated person. Very, that's for sure. Yes. So why don't we go? We'll start with her mommy and daddy and where she lived. Get her to California? No. So um, she was born on June 21st, 1921 in Bemidji, Minnesota. I don't know. I have no idea how to say. It sounds it. Bemidji, yeah. Bemidji, yeah, that sounds right. Um, Her mom was named Geraldine Jacoby, and she had actually been an actress with a road troupe and also had her own claim to fame because she had posed for a portrait artist named Mary Bradish Titcomb. Titcomb, I'm sorry. For Jane Russell, that kind of makes me laugh. (laughs) I know, right? I'm such a Uh, child. Yeah. (laughs) But the painting was called The Portrait of Geraldine J, and it was actually purchased by President Woodrow Wilson. Wow. This portrait, you can see where, you know, Jane, Jane got her good looks from. 
And her dad was a first lieutenant in the U.S. Army named Roy William Russell. She was the oldest child. There would eventually be four siblings, and all of the siblings were boys. So she, there's five children total. She's the oldest, and she is the only girl. Um, which, interestingly, as I'm sure you know, Grace, a um, couple of her, or at least one of her brothers appeared in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Yes, and they were all big hunks. They were. They're just like this gorgeous family. Yes, gorgeous. <laughs> and they were nice. I liked how they were. They were really close, and they were like the type of family that if someone picked on you, they would beat them up for you. <laughs> I like that yeah. in a family. That sounds terrible, but it's, you know, you know what I mean. They have your back. No, they, no, they, they most definitely do. Um, you know, so like, like we said, she's born in Minnesota. They live in, you know, Minnesota for a little bit. And then they move to Southern California where dad works as an office manager. And I mean, they're going to stay in Southern California. I mean, Jane goes, you know, later, later in her life, she goes um, outside of state of California. For the most part, they're just all settled in California. Yes. Um, and she, uh, she, she took a job. She was very, her family was really religious all the time. Yes. What were they? Was- Seven day advent? I don't know what religion she was. Oh, you know, it's, I don't, I don't want to say that it's new wave, but you know, it's one of the... That's what I thought. It, it didn't really particularly have, it wasn't one of the big churches or something like that. And they, they even built their own church later on in, in um, the Jane's pad. So yeah, but they were very religious. Yes, no, they're they're super religious and they have an extremely tight bond with one another. Um Jane will go through a very brief period of a few years where she's not religious in the early 40s, but she, you know, kind of goes right back to it. Um Jane is a very precocious child. <laughs> But she's also very, you know, like tender and protective towards her brothers as well, you know. So I think that duality that she has in childhood really does cross over to her adult life as well. Yeah, she had a lot of guys as pals. She did. She and she was, you know, she described herself as a tough broad. And I can't say that I disagree with that. No, I love that about her because she was a tough and strong broad. And I loved how she <laughs> called women tomato. Who is that tomato? You know who she was talking about. <laughs> Jane oh, yes. When she, she looks at Jane for the first time and she goes, who's the blonde tomato? <laughs> yes, that's a riot. She's great. Um. Jane Mansfield. Jane Russell's looking at Jane Mansfield, but we'll, we'll go into that because obviously that, that's a... That's Later. A Jane yes. Um, but anyway, yeah, so, you know, they're, they're a very tight-knit family. They're not, you know, a supremely wealthy family, but they, they do enough that they can support, you know, the dad uh, does... Roy, let me rephrase this. Roy does enough to support his family of six or seven with him. Yeah, it'd be seven. So, you know, but they're not like this super wealthy family that's just bringing in, you know, tons of money. I mean, Jane's not coming from a lot of money. 
Um, but when she's young, her mom puts her in a piano lessons and she starts, Jane herself starts forming an interest in the stage. Um, famously, she goes to Van Nuys, Van Nuys High School when Jim Dowertree is there, who, of course, would become the first husband. Of that is family. something else. I just read that today. Yeah, no, it's weird how, like, a bunch of them are interconnected before they become famous. Like, you don't really think about those connections. Like mm-hmm. um, but, you know, she she does excel at it, and, of course, she's absolutely stunning. I mean, I, I do have to put Jane Russell as one of the most beautiful women in my book. She really is, and she's... T- I thought she was taller than this. She was 5'7", but she always seemed... But I guess it's because so many women were not that tall, in the biz at that point. But I thought she was taller than 5'7". She just was so statuette. But she was wearing heels, so I guess she's almost six feet in her heels. Yeah, she's she's very statuesque, and she very much has a presence. Big time. I mean, she enters a room, and you just you can't keep your eyes off her. I know I'm going to get lambasted for this, but when I watch Gelman prefer blondes, I always look at Jane. Wow, and you love your Marilyn. I I do, but I just I think Jane just totally like sucks up the room. I I think well, we'll get more into gentlemen prefer right. ones and my thoughts on that in a little bit. But Jane actually hopes to become a fashion designer, but her dad dies when he's pretty young. He's only in his mid forties. And so she has to help the family earn money, so she starts working as a receptionist. Um, for a doctor who specialized in foot disorders. Yes. <laughs> um, but, of course, when you look like Jane, you can't just, you know. No, you can't you be. You to get approached. Yes, you do. And you're not going to just want to be taking care of bunions your whole life. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So she also is modeling with photographers. She starts working as a receptionist, and then, you know, on her off time, she's modeling. Um, her mom tells her, you know, hey, you know, like, basically, there's money in the movie business. And she starts working um, or studying, I should say, drama and acting at the Max Reinhardt Theatrical Workshop. Um, and... You know, it's funny because I have read conflicting accounts about her time there. I think for the most part, it probably it probably wasn't for her. I think she learned a lot, you know, because her coach was Maria, and I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce her last Ospanyaka. name. You know, you know who she is because she's like in The Werewolf and all <laughs> that oh, others. Oh, yeah, no, she's... She's a great actress. She she did a lot of, you know, elderly woman roles yes. in Hollywood, you know, as she got older. But I just don't think that, I think Jane, I don't want to say she didn't see the worth in acting classes because I think she did. But I don't think that they were really something that she, like, I don't want to say felt she needed. But I think you know what I mean. I do. I love this. This is what Jane said in her book that. Uh, Maria Aspen, whatever her name is, Maria O, you have no energy. <laughs> to Jane, you have no energy. Okay, Maria, thank you. Maybe she's flipping us. Yeah, <laughs> Jane obviously has no energy. Um, you know, 
I mean, I don't know. I, I'm kind of jumping ahead here by a little bit, but I think that Jane has energy. Me too. But the, you know what I, I mean? I never look at her at the screen and think, boy, that's flat. No, me either. But this is what this lady said to her. And I think that's part of like when you, you know, look at Lucille Ball. Oh, go home. You'll never, you don't have it. You know what I mean? All these people telling mm-hmm. them they don't have it. And guess what? They have it and they become humongous stars. So I think after that, Jane knew, you know, she she had energy. She knew she did. But I, like you said, I don't think she was into the whole acting class stuff. Yeah, no, mo- most definitely. I, I agree with you on that. And I think, you know, I think that Jane was very aware of what she wanted to do and what her capabilities were. And I think that there's very much a mindset of, you know, oh, you know, and I mean, it's still, it's still within, you know, acting circles today. But I think there was very much a mindset of, oh, you know, serious acting and dramas, those need to be your primary focus. You'll never succeed if you're doing, you know, unless you know you're sitting there and willing to really get into the character. And that's just not Jane's style, and that's fine, too. Of course. There's a lot of people who are like that. Exactly. Um, 1940, Jane is 19 years old, and she is signed by Howard Hughes. And this is just a whole saga. Well, how did she meet Howard? Oh, how did she... I know that Howard Hawks was supposed to direct something, and... She she was a model. She went for a screen test. How did she meet Howard? How did he see Jane and say, hubba hubba, I want to make her a star? So Howard, yeah, she, she knew Howard Hawks, um, and she was always very dedicated to Howard Hawks, which um, is, is very important to this story. Well, Howard, you know, just knows she's going to be like the perfect girl. And he, you know, basically just, like, gets a screen test, and Howard Hughes acts kind of weird about seeing it, but he, you know, finally sees it, and he goes, you're perfect. That is the very TLDR version of it. Um, But, the, you know, it's, I mean, I don't know with Howard Hughes, obviously, if you can sit there and say there's love at first sight, but I do think that Jane Russell was his ideal woman. Really? Out of all of them? Yeah, I really do. I think if, you know, Howard had been able to convince her to marry him, I think he would have, I think that just would have been it for him. She said he never hit on her or tried to go out with her or anything. That's one thing I I have my doubts. Me too. I mean, all that time, you know how he operates. He had to have sent her jewels and stuff like that. You know, that was his big mo. Um. Yeah. No. I just. I don't think. Um. I don't think. And I. I have to say, I don't think she slept with him. I really don't, but I do think that there's more to it than what she was claiming. Right. Um, I used to date a guy, uh, and Grace knows the story behind him, so we won't go into that, but his family owns um, a hotel not not too far from me, and Jane Russell did actually stay there um, back in the 1940s because they took publicity photos for the outlaw. 
Uh, but point being on it, they used to always, there's a story that goes around from the old hotel staff that Howard and Jane shared a room, but I do want to say, I do not believe that. Eh, You never know. You never, because he was just so weird, but such a hound dog, you know? (laughs) Well, you know, and to be honest with you, not that this is like the Howard Hughes show, but he wasn't a bad-looking guy. No, he really wasn't at all. He was absolutely kind of cute. He was, but his eccentricity is real tall. Mm -hmm. But, you know, his eccentricity is like, I'm going to drive an old car and not wear suits or not clean my suit for two years. I mean, it doesn't doesn't go well. No. Um, But anyway... Point back, back on track, Jane gets the role, obviously. And the film is, of course, going to be The Outlaw. Now, Howard Hawks, there's Sumi Howard. Howard Hawks is set to direct it. He and Howard Hughes get in a fight, and he's just, like, kicked off. And there are concerns that, you know, people are going to sit there and... or not people that Jane is going to, you know, go follow Howard Hawks, but he tells her, you know, don't do that. This is your chance, you know, blah, 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 blah. And of course she doesn't. And, um, filming for the outlaw begins in like late, mid to late 19, I think like mid 1940. And it's finished in February of 1941. The final director of it, obviously, is Howard Hughes. And he had never directed a film before. No, and there's just tons of footage. He just sinks all of his money into it. Um, And I think those pictures of Jane lying on a hay, hay, I don't want to say haystack, but like pallet of hay, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, are probably some of the most famous pictures of her. Yes, and how sultry. And he was also trying to invent her own brassiere, <laughs> her bra, right? He tried to build a bra for Jane. Yes. Um, so it's there, and he comes up with the idea that he needs to build this bra. And it's <laughs> going to be a bra that is seamless and, you know, because she's wearing jersey and... You know, he doesn't like being able to see the seams. So he constructs this bra and Jane tries it on and says it's like the most uncomfortable thing ever. She throws it under her bed and she just puts on her regular bra, which she then stuffs with tissue. <laughs> like and, she needed it, poor Jane. I know, right? Um, but she stuffed it with tissues and just hiked up the straps, and he never knew the difference. Well, you wouldn't think he would, unless he... T- and she said she wasn't going to show him, so he never knew the difference. Yeah, and I mean, to be honest with you, I really don't think he did. I mean, because you can't see the lines in it. And that was actually, um, you know, for foreshadowing what would come, seamless bras later on, but um, he didn't... He didn't quite get it then. She was what? She she was still with... She was dating her high school boyfriend, right? Still? Yes. She is still with Bob Waterfield at this point. Um, 
Um, but they they had a very complicated relationship. They sure did. It's um She lost her virginity to him at eighteen, right? She also, he, he wasn't happy about her becoming an actress, which you can see. And she also um, had a relationship, sexual relationship with someone else. And this is a part I was really surprised that she admitted to. She got pregnant. Yes, she gets pregnant and there's, She didn't know. Yes. Um, you know, people, and people still, you know, debate it. I just look at it like I don't really care. Me either, she gets, yeah. She gets, an, um, she gets pregnant, she gets an abortion, and the abortion gets botched, and she's unable to have any children because of it. Yes. And um, it's pretty surprising because she, I guess, she was still religious at that time, I believe, and... You know, that's later on we'll talk about what that what that was. But um she did have it and like you said it was botched and she could not they could not have children because of that. Yeah, and I mean um Jane, you know, obviously really struggled with that, especially, you know, once she found out. Of course, how horrible. That happened to a lot of the women, you know, that had those kind of uh, procedures in those days. Um, she broke up with him, and she started, she had an affair with John Payne. She did, and apparently John Payne thought they were going to get married. He was a cutie, you guys. He was, um, what's he, do you think Miracle on 34th Street, that's what he's best known for? Probably, I feel like everyone has seen that movie. Yeah, he, he played the husband, the guy who was um, in love with Maureen O'Hara. I mean, to be honest with you, to me, he's better looking than Bob. Me too. She and Bob go back and forth. Bob does go off to college, and of course, you know, she's working on a career. Um, Bob will see other people, she'll see other people, and then they, you know, fight. They have a very tumultuous relationship. Um, You know, they'll sit there and they'll fight with each other, and then they make up with each other. And it just goes, you know, on and on and on. And they finally really under kind of an unromantic circumstance decide to get married they've basically been arguing and then he goes well we should just get married and she goes okay um it's it's not like this you know big fancy proposal or anything didn't like they get that. married in vegas yes they get married in vegas um howard hughes is furious of course um but they just their relationship, you know, it's it's very complicated. I guess that's the best way to, you know, put it. It's a very complicated relationship. I do think, to be honest with you, they probably never should have gotten married. I agree. Uh, but, you know, Bob sits there, and of course, he signs with um, the Los Angeles Rams. Well, he'll eventually sign with the Los Angeles Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes off and plays for another team for a little bit. Uh, Obviously, I know nothing about anything with um, 
whatchamacallit. Football. Anything with football. But I think, like, they're with, the Rams are actually with Cleveland. I know what it is. It just hit me. The Rams are initially with Cleveland before they moved to Los Angeles. And when he, he obviously has to go to Cleveland, and she, you know, is going to be in Los Angeles. So she just, like, kind of leaves and goes and settles down in Cleveland. Yeah. he And, uh, and then the war was starting, and didn't he have to uh, go to, was it Cleveland he was in as well? And they got a, an apartment off of the base? Yes. And in the meantime, the movie hadn't come out yet. Oh, no. So just so everyone kind of knows what we're talking about, we're talking about, like, 1943 to 45. Yeah. The movie's, you know, completed in 41, but Hughes is sitting there, and he's just fighting with the production code. It gets released in 1943 for a week, and the production code is like, no, you can't do this. This movie's horrible. You're prom-. It's all about, like, Jane's cleavage. Exactly. The Catholic Church. Everybody and their mother and brother are saying it's obscene. Yes, exactly. And, of course, um, I, I mean, I don't think Hughes is completely against this. And he's sending Jane, like, just around on these different publicity tours where the movies never show. He's just, he's just going, I mean, once in a while they might do something and then they, he'll promise something and they back out and it's a huge mess. And I have to say, um, again, Christina Rice details this really well in her book. It basically takes an, an entire chapter of just everything Hughes did to get this movie released. Finally, in 46, it is released. So, for anyone keeping track of the math, this is five years after the film is completed. That, and she hadn't put out another film, right? That was just, was that the first film, or did she do Young Widow? I'm trying to look, at, let me look at her thing here. Um, no, she, that was her, that was her film. It, she only had that She has nothing... That's amazing, yeah. Yeah, I see that right there, yeah. 1946, she did Young Widow. Yeah, so, you know, that that outlaw finally gets released, um, yeah, in, in 1946. And she was gorgeous, and she was a sultry brunette deluxe in that film. Oh, most definitely. And it's funny, like, you know, I think Jane Russell is probably one of the most popular stars of this era, um, but I have to say, like, you look at her filmography, she only has, what, like, 23 films? Yeah, it is not a lot. She took a lot of time. And, um, you know, she was with her husband, and she did a lot of different stuff, but she just did not have a ton of films. And she, it's not like Marilyn got cut off at a young age. Jane lived to uh, an old age, and she just didn't do a lot of movies. Yeah, no, and I mean, she, um, she, you know, she, she, like you said, she really just kind of lives her own life. I do have to say, I don't think that Jane could have been signed to anyone besides Howard Hughes. Because she was tough? She's tough, but I also think he gave her the freedom that she needed. Yeah. Because I think if she had, you know, been signed to one of the major studios, like... 
Fox or MGM and, you know, they're keeping her on tight leash, telling her you have to make a movie every six months. She wouldn't, she wouldn't have done it. Yeah. And I think, you know, her real, I shouldn't say, I mean, she obviously kind of sucked to that schedule later, but this like early life, I mean, I just think it would have turned her off for movies. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, for, she technically starts, um, making young widow in 45. I, because I think though, like Hughes has received permission when she, and then he's like, we should put her in another film because the outlaw is going into, you know, general or general release. And so he's like, Oh, you know, I've finally gotten approval after five and a half years. And yeah, it was, she, you know, like you said, she makes young widow that comes out like a month before the outlaw actually in 46. And it's a complete failure. Did you ever see it? The Young Widow, yes. I don't, I think it's a good movie. I did too. I like it. I mean, it's not great, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it's, well, and the movie also goes 600000 over budget. Mm-hmm. I think if it had been within budget, it probably would have been profitable. Not going to say it's the greatest movie ever, <laughs> But it's a pretty, it's a pretty good movie. And I mean, Jane looks absolutely radiant in it. Um, you know, it, it's, it's just, it's a good movie. I, I think that, you know, everyone should watch it at least once. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, you know, she, she's sitting there, you know, that, you know, gets released. Um, sorry, I'm just going to quick backtrack because I'm looking at my notes. And I totally forgot to mention she is an extremely popular pinup during World War Two. Don't they name, uh, like, in Japan a couple of mountains after her, which is <laughs> Twin Peaks? Not They weren't Twin Peaks, but something like that, you know? Yeah, no, um, Alaska has the Jane <laughs> Russell Peaks. <laughs> and um, it's very obvious as to why they're named that. Yes. Um, but, you know, she, you know, she is very popular. And I have to say... Her pinup work is in no way vulgar. No. You know, it's not, there's some pinup pictures from that time that even I'm like, ooh, okay. Uh, and I'm, as you know, not a prude. No. But I'm just like, it's, I mean, some of them are artistic and some of them are, you know, more base. And I will say her pinup photos are very, very artistic. And she just, she is a gorgeous woman. Um, but back, back on her career. So, even though Young Widow is is a flop, the outlaw is extremely successful. And, of course, Hughes has been working overtime to keep her relevant. You know, he's just, he's determined that she's going to be the next big thing. And, I, I mean, honestly, I kind of think, you know, she does very, very well. She does. She makes some really good movies. And did, she, she does. Did he never do that with anyone else? I know, you know, he helped people get in the business and things like that, but did he really have that much influence on anyone's career like he did on John, on Jane's? Um, I don't think he was ever as emotionally invested with anyone like he was with mm-hmm. Jane. Um, that doesn't mean he didn't, because uh, as, you know, you have pointed out, too, I mean... He had a lot of relationships with some. I mean, he you know dates Catherine Hepburn. 
Um, he, you know, will eventually marry Jean Peters. He he does do, you know, very, very well, but he's just, you know, he's weird. Right. She was mentioning how he went out with, um, you know, he was dating Ava. Yes. And um, giving Ava tons of jewels and stuff like that. But um, I think she went out. Jeez, who didn't he? You know, he put up, put up all these women on, what, Lake Tahoe? And he has, like, how many women does he have set up in apartments? Oh, yeah, he just buys apartment complexes in Los Angeles and fills them up with starlets that he pays but never makes any movies with. Do you think he actually had that much sex, got that much action? Um, I, it doesn't seem it to me. I mean, I think he... I, no, I agree with you. I, I really don't think he did. I think it was... And I am not trying, obviously, to psychoanalyze... Howard Hughes because I feel like that's nearly impossible. I agree. But I think it was more so like the control aspect. Yes, definitely. His jealousy, control, keeping his eyes, like like a puppet master almost. Yeah, but I don't think that, I don't think he slept with even 5% of the women he signed. Probably not. He, he tended to go um, with women that were relatively successful um but i really think that jane russell to him was just the ideal i i i have a passable knowledge of howard hughes and i mean there are obviously women who he helped in their careers don't get me wrong but i i don't think he ever had an attachment to any of them like he did jane yeah Um, and and she was pretty no-nonsense with him, you know, I think she was. was, and I think he appreciated that, especially being he was surrounded by a bunch of yes men. Right, and he like you know the women, like Ava Gardner, she wouldn't take any crap either. But um, for Jane, she was, I guess he respected her. <laughs> you know, maybe that's a yeah, good way to no, put it. <laughs> I, no, I think that's spot on. I yeah, think he respected her, and I think he thought that she just you know perfection Uh I think you know she was the ideal but I don't think it was I mean don't get me wrong I think he was attracted to her but I don't think it was necessarily like a sexual ideal I think it was more like she's a living goddess to me appeal where he would kind of like untouchable kind of thing exactly Uh Um, and that's why I tend not to believe those stories um, that they were like sleeping with each other because I think that would have ruined the mystique for him. I get, yeah, and he wouldn't have held on as long. I don't believe. Exactly. I think you're right. Yeah, I don't think that they well, did, frankly. Huh? I don't think that they did either. No, I just, I don't think they did. I think he just absolutely adored her, but I don't think that he, you know, like ever would have even in his mind, wanted to sleep with her. Um, But, I mean, that doesn't mean, like you said, I'm sure he gifted her a few things. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's not cheapo. I'm sure he had to give her some good stuff. Right. And, I mean, he also, like, 
I mean, look, he just sits there and pays her salary for five years while she's living in a different state, you know, almost on the other side of the country. With her husband. When did she, uh, I'm trying to think of when she got her first child. She got a daughter, Uh, correct? Yes, she did. She has a daughter, but that's not until, um. Trying to see here my paperwork. 1952. Oh, she didn't start adopting till then. Wasn't Bob not really into it at that point? He really didn't want to adopt children? Yeah, Bob's just kind of a POS. <laughs> yeah. They, have, uh, they obviously had something because Jane kept going back. She loved his mother. I mean, they got their places, and then she went right back into her religion where Jane spoke in tongues, kids, very often. And she would write down, and she heard from our Lord, and she wrote in her book all these things when she was having problems that he would answer her very nicely. So I have to say, I have a friend who speaks in tongues, and I've heard her speak in tongues. And I, you know, I was ignorant to it because I was born and raised a Catholic, and there was no tongue speaking in the Catholic Church. So when I'm thinking of tongues, I thought it was just like, you know, like tongues, kind of like a tongue thing. And then when my friends spoke in tongues, I swear to God, it was like a, it was like Aramic. It was like a language. Weird. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to be very diplomatic and say people sit there and have their things in their own way. Exactly. You know, who am I to say that she didn't get these notes from Jesus or God or who am I to say any of that? Like I I don't tell my friend. I tell my friend, I believe you. And I do believe her in the sense that she believes it. She gets a, she has a whole notebook of stuff from God. <laughs> you know? uh, no, I think that's it. No, I think that's the I think that's the whole thing. You know, people people have their beliefs, right? And that was obviously one Jane Jane's you know beliefs as well. And she got a lot of people um, converted into it to go to her church. Yes, no, um, mo- most definitely. Um, we'll, we'll quick do a very quick, you know, overview of what happens until she adopts her first child. Okie dokie. Um, 1947, she records with the K. Kaiser Orchestra. She cuts a 78 RPM with Columbia Records. She'll later say it's a horrible and boring record to listen to. 1948 sees the release of The Pell Face, which, of course, stars her and Bob Hope. And she loved doing that. She did. She and Bob Hope were very much alike in a lot of ways. And they do... The, the movie's a hit. It becomes Paramount's most successful release of the year. I like that movie. Uh, Have you seen it? I've seen it. It's very Bob Hope-ish. Yeah, but she's cute, you know, because she's a straight man and she's... I, I liked her. It's not, you know, Bob Hope is a big hamburger, but... Jane was really good, I thought. She held her own. That's exactly it. And she, she's definitely able to, you know, hold her own. And, of course, she adores Bob Hope. They, you know, have a friendship that lasts for years. Um, and then, you know, she she makes Montana Belle uh, for Fidelity. Um, really just kind of an odd film for her to be in not not a horrible film but just kind of an odd film for her to 
to be in. It's not. You she know, plays Bell like, Star. Yeah. Yes, and it's not. Uh, it's not a big picture. I mean, Republic is going to distribute it. It's it's not you know coming from an A plus studio, and I do. Um, Howard Howard Hughes ends up buying it, and I do think that he buys it because he sits there and he's like, "Well, she's just this you know great film with you know Paramount. I I need to you know sit there and buy it, and it ends up getting released in 1952." Um, His kind of woman, her first pairing with um, our lovely Robert Mitchum, right? Yes, and she and Robert Mitchum had gone in some of the same social circles um, back before they were both famous. So, um, you know, they just, and I think they have chemistry with each other. They really did. I think that they really fit with one another. Okay, this is what Bob uh, Mitchum said about her. He said he liked her. I'm sorry for interrupting you, April. Miss um, Russell was a very strong character, very cute, good-humored when she wasn't being cranky. <laughs> but he loved her, and I know they hung out with him and his wife and a bunch of other couples. Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, I just, I think they genuinely, you know... Had a good respect for each other. I think they have a lot of chemistry. They really do, very much so. Um, you know, and they just they, they go, they just go with each other. There, there's not a way, but they just go with each other. Um, and then 1952, she has the Las Vegas story, which has Vincent Price and Victor Mature, and she does her second pairing with um, Mitchum, which is Macau. And Vincent in that one too. Huh? Isn't Vincent Price's in Macau as well? I believe so. Because she really likes him. It's either in His Kind of Woman or Macau. Oh, he's in His Kind of Woman. Yeah, because they get along like crazy. She really loves him. Yes, no, they, um, and that's one thing that I don't think people really, like, think about is that, um... Jane really is, like, beloved by almost everyone she co-stars with. <laughs> you know, there, there's not a whole lot of people. I, when she gets older and she does, you know, um, some stuff, I know there's, you know, stories about her being difficult. But, I mean, at that point, you know, she's, what, in her, in her late 40s? Right. Um, but... You know, during this, I mean, no one like complains about. Her. Everyone says, you know, she's a real joy to work with, and I do think that she was a fun person to work with because she was always on time. She knew her line. She knew what she had to do. Um, but Macau and the Las Vegas story, they they are successful, but they never make their money back because Howard Hughes is always or involved in everything. So they do a bunch of reshoots, and then you know the movies lose money, but. Howard Hughes just doesn't care about losing money, apparently. Well, he, uh, I don't think so. He had so much. Jeez. I know, right? Um, but Paramount then brings her, or her again, I should say, uh, for Son of Pelface, which came out in 1952. It's successful, you know, and she'll also make a cameo appearance in The Road to Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, but her... 
um, like we said, we're going to talk about her kids. So she, she and Bob adopt their first baby in February of 52. Her baby's name is Tracy. Um, and in December of 52, they adopt a little boy named Thomas. That's a little sad, uh, huh? That must have been heartbreaking for the mother. Yeah, there's in England. a lot to unpack yeah. with that. Right. Um, they, there's issues as to how she got the baby, mm-hmm. but very long story. Okay. I have to say, I don't believe the rumors that she sat there and paid the orphanage a thousand dollars for the baby. Was he the yeah. one? Who's the one that she got? The, the mother gave him up because she had a lot of children and she was devastated to give him up, but she wanted him to have a better life. I thought that was Tommy, not Buck, the last one. No, we're talking about Thomas. Thomas, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, the mom's name's Hannah McDermott, and she had gone to London from Northern Ireland. That's right. But people are, tr- there's like stories that she paid like $1,000 to an orphanage who like stole the baby. That's the story. Mm. Um, but I don't believe that. I think the decision was very hard for the mom, but I mean, they ended up getting the adoption formalized. But that's what makes Jane say, hey, you know, international adoption should not be this difficult. And she'll end up finding WAIF, which places international, which basically facilitates international adoptions. Right. Um, and she, you know, f- founded that in 1955, just a few, you know, years after adopting Thomas. Um, and then in 56, they get their last child. It's a little nine-month-old baby named Robert John. Um, and she, you know, just going back a second to Waif, I mean, Waif genuinely has helped thousands of families, um, you know, get babies and, you know, I don't want to say take them out of horrible situations, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It gives them a chance to, you know. Have uh, a better life than they might have had. Exactly. Um, you know, and Waif really, you know what, I, I honestly, I don't know the, I don't know the status of Waif. I don't, I think they might have been absorbed by um a different a different group but i can't say for sure on that but i think they might have been um absorbed by a different group but i do know at one point that they um had helped and estimated like 300,000 children amazing you know home so um you know, she she obviously advocates very, very hard for children, and she is most definitely a success. Um, but 1953 probably sees the movie she's most known for today, which is Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. And like I said, I absolutely love this movie. I think Jane is just... I think people focus on Marilyn because, you know, obviously Marilyn is so well-known today. Right. And it is one of her better performances. I am not arguing against that at all. 
But I also think that people who look at it from today's view don't realize that this was very much a movie that was hoping to capitalize on Jane Russell if Marilyn failed. Um, you know, Jane has the better wardrobe throughout the whole film. She has a great She's, part. Her character is great. Yes, she has, you know, an excellent, you know, straight man role mm-hmm. to Marilyn's, um, you know, ditzy airhead blonde. And I just, you know, I absolutely love this movie. It was my first Marilyn movie. It was also obviously my first Jane movie. And I think it's an excellent movie, but I do think that Jane's contribution to the film is very sadly ignored today. And also, in many respects, because of how she dealt with Marilyn, because Marilyn had that woman, Natasha, on the set, and it was she was coming in late and everything, and then finally... Jane said, I'm going to come pick her up because she's in there. And I'm going to say, come on, you know, showtime. And she would pick Marilyn up so she wouldn't be late. She'd go to her dressing room. Yeah, and she'd sit there and she'd be like, hey, Blondie, it's time to go. And, you know, she worked a lot. Now, I do have to say, I do think that Jane, I, I there's that Marilyn quote where she goes, Jane tried to introduce me to Christianity and I tried to introduce her to Freud. Um, and I do think that they liked each other. I think they had, you know, a nice relationship while filming, but I don't think they were ever going to be BFFs. And I have to say, I love that Jane does not portray them that way. I know that people have tried to portray it that way, especially in the Maryland community. But I, I don't think that, you know, they, they were just very different people, but that doesn't mean they didn't like each other working with each other. Um, you know, and Jane has a Christian group during this time. It's a bunch of, you know, Christian Hollywood stars and they get together and they read the Bible and, you know, apparently Marilyn goes to one of those meetings um, and it's it's not for her. But, uh, you know, they just they, they get along very, very well. Um, her next movie is a movie called The French Line, and that's another one that causes a huge issue. I have never even, I don't think I've even heard of it. Oh, goodness. Um, it's a, it's a good, I I like it. It was originally done in 3D. I wish that I could see it on the big screen in 3D. Um, but... Parts of it have been cut, um, and so the versions that we have are actually the censored versions. There is an uncensored version, which, to my knowledge, has only been screened once, Um, and that was back in 06. I wonder why. To just they 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 all got cut. So it gets cut because Jane's wearing this very, you know, for the time scandalous one piece swimsuit. Howard had originally wanted her to perform in a bikini, and she got on stage in a bikini, and she said the entire crew was embarrassed for her, and she felt nude. Right. Um, so he ends up allowing her to, um, you know, wear this one piece swimsuit and 
because of how it's filmed and it's in 3D, with her movements, Howard makes it so that her boobs literally pop out of the screen in 3D. Gross. <laughs> um, and so it ends up becoming like this huge thing. It, and it's basically, you know, Outlaw 2.0. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ends up getting pulled and then it's re-released and it's just it's uh, it's like nuts but he ends up having to like take out like a bunch of the dance number um people hate the film i love the film i think it's great um but in 55 she makes underwater and this is of course where jane jane russell jane mansfield makes her debut in a bikini in a bikini, um, which really we don't know if the bikini exists, but um, mo- most likely it's just in her red piece swimsuit because those are all the photos we have. Um, that's like two sizes too small. By oh, the way. yeah, I remember. <laughs> yes. Um, and as, as you point out earlier, Grace, she, Jane Russell, you know, sees her and she goes, who's the blonde tomato? Well, now, she's Jane, in a red, a red bathing suit, you know, ripe, coming all out of it, two sizes too uh, small. I can see where Jane would get that. Exactly. Um, Jane was convinced that Howard had placed Jane Mansfield there. I I don't think so. I think that the story of how Jane got her ticket is some press man didn't want to go, you know, or agent got her the ticket and she went. Um, and I do think it's unfair to say that Jane Russell got no publicity from it because she did. But, of course, Jane Mansfield, you know, going to that premiere is just like the big thing. And, of course, Jane mansfield is saying they're posing a lot with richard egan which that probably was engineered by hughes after he saw how popular she was with the photographers um underwater does have underwater scenes how shocking i know (laughs) Um, and interestingly part of the premiere was you could watch the movie underwater by wearing a scuba suit at the bottom of a pool how weird (laughs) Um, yeah, it was, it was nuts. Um, movie, the movie just, you know, flops. Um, 1953 though, uh, Jane and her husband, Bob, had started Rustfield Productions and they eventually sign a deal with United Artists and it has to last, um, or it lasts for three years. They make six pictures and Jane has to appear in three of them. And they do it. And, you know, they they make these Rustfield, you know, photos or photos, these Rustfield movies. Um, and they're like, they're not horrible. Um, one is Shelman Mary Brunettes, which really they should have gone with a different name for it. Yeah. And I just don't think she and uh, she and even herself in her book, she said, that, you know, she loved Jean Crane, but, you know, they were not, you know, it was not a chemistry. And she didn't like the the writing. She just didn't like the movie, period. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, 
They also make um, the fuzzy pink nightgown. I've never seen that. So it's interesting. She gets kidnapped, Uh, right? And they think it's for publicity. Yeah, it's very obviously, at least to me, I... For me, it's definitely um, going off of uh, what's her what's her face. Jane Mansfield. Oh no, Jane Jane did a lot of things, but she didn't stage a kidnapping. Oh uh, no, no, I don't mean that. <laughs> no. You mean oh, like a true life story? Yeah. No, she has. Um, It's, like, based off of a book, and it's, like, this whole, it's just this whole thing. I I don't know. Like, there's no other way to describe it. It's just, like, this whole thing. And then Marie McDonald, in between the book and the film's release, says that she was kidnapped. Is this Marie the body? Oh, yes. Carl, um, the guy who married Debbie Reynolds. Yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and then people were saying that Marie was inspired by the book. And then, of course, it gets the movie some publicity, mm-hmm. too, because they, you know, Marie's kidnapping happens in January of 57. What and the riot. fuzzy pink nightgown <laughs> released like eight months later. Um, I don't have exact production dates on the when the fuzzy pink nightgown filmed. Um, but I do think that it probably would have started not too long because usually they're on about a six month schedule. Yeah. She did the revolt Uh, of Mamie Stover. I saw that film, you know, she with Richard Egan again. Yeah, no. Um, that wasn't one of her best. No, no, most definitely not. But yeah, fuzzy pink nightgown probably is also going off of marie mcdonald that's i um, remember reading that when i was reading about um debbie's whole thing yes no it's it was it's a mess um how about her personal life during this she has a couple of affairs she she does have a couple of affairs. She and Bob are really going downhill at right. this point. Back and forth, they split, they get back. It's just like a roller coaster for them. Yeah, and I mean, I have to say, I don't think she and Bob would have gotten married if they hadn't started dating in high school. I'm surprised uh, they got married. I'm just surprised they got married at all. But she she really, she said that when uh, she went to the home, you know, she was very close to his mom and stuff. And she said it felt like I was home and it felt like the thing, you know, the right thing to do. But I agree. I mean, she was so young. Yeah, no, she she's so young. And she, I mean, Bob cheats too. Yes, of course. He's a football player on the road. She She goes to surprise him one time. And she hears a woman's voice, and her mother had told her, because her father cheated, that she just turned around and never mentioned it to Jane's father. So Jane's listening, and she's like, but she turns around and never mentions it to Bob. But he cheated again sometime, but um, yeah, that was one time, and she just turned away. She met this real creep, you know, the one who said, "Um, I've broken up 
like four marriages before yours. I don't want to break yours up too. This creep. I don't know what his name was. I wrote it down. Ugh. Uh, yeah, and Robert. Yeah, no, they they just they they just cheat on each other, and I mean it's they, they don't get divorced. Um, they, they don't get divorced until sixty eight. I mean they're married twenty five years. Yeah, that's big. but you know really by like the late fifties their marriage is little more than in name only. Maybe early 60s, but, you know, they, they keep making work. I mean, they have their kids and stuff, so I, I can understand, you know, why, why it happens. Um, Jane, though, sits there. She forms a gospel quartet in 54. She had a nice she, voice. She really did. She does have a nice voice. Um, she releases... Um, I shouldn't say she, it's, you know, like a, their group, they release, you know, um, a single called Do Lord, which is very much an odd name that does extremely well. It sells 2 million copies. Um, you know, she, she does a lot, you know, like with her music career, she, you know, 57, she's playing at the Sands Hotel in Vegas. Um, she ends up actually traveling around the world, you know, singing, and she does have a genuinely good voice. She does. It's not like some. It, it's strong. It's pretty actually, and it, she does have a nice voice. They called um, her religious group uh, Bible and boobs. <laughs> some some critics they called them Bible and boobs. Couldn't she ever get away from that boob bit? I mean, my goodness. Oh, no. And I mean, she was she was very honest, even in the 80s. She's like, I'm never going to get away from the boobs. And I think, you know, in the when she starts doing the Playtex commercials, I mean, she's just kind of accepted it at that point. Well, she made a lot of money from that. She was really glad. So she did divorce her childhood sweetheart. Yes, they, they get divorced in 68. Two months after her divorce is final, she marries um, Roger Barrett, who's an actor. He dies two months after. Ooh, horrible. He was in bed with her. Yeah. He, he was home and he actually died. Um, yeah. And I mean, he just he has a heart attack one day and he dies. Um, and then, you know, six years later, she marries John Calvin Peoples, who's a real estate broker, and they're together until he dies in 99. That was 25 years, so that's yeah. a lot of time. You know, and they just, you know, she marries him. She moves to Sedona, Arizona. Um, she loves she, to paint. She's an artist. She does, and she brings, she buys a nightclub actually called Dukes, and she does nightclub performances, you know, and this is in the 70s, obviously, um, at this Dukes nightclub, and then they end up moving back to California to Montecito, and, you know, they, I think they have a happy marriage. Um, of course, you really can't talk about Jane with talking about she is very active politically. Um, I always love that quote where she goes, these days I'm a um, teetotal, mean-spirited, right-wing, narrow-minded, conservative Christian bigot, <laughs> but not a racist. Yeah, she did. That was her quote. Um, 
you know, and she's just, you know, she's kind of like lives her while. I, I mean, I hate like just kind of wrapping up like that, but she really doesn't do anything. I mean, 57, she does the fuzzy pink nightgown and then she does five movies between 64 and 70 with one of those being a cameo. Yeah. And I then mean, she did Billy Jack, which was some big, I guess it was, I don't know. Was it a, they did a few of those movies or something. I don't really know what it was, but she did that and she liked working with them. But I just read a quote. I don't know if she really said this, but she said, of uh, why modern Hollywood is so liberal or what? Uh, I, yeah, there it is. Narrow minded. Um, people should never, ever have an abortion. Don't talk to me about it being a woman's right to choose what she does to her own body. The choices between life and death. And she also does not agree with it in um, incest or for anything like that. So that's kind of interesting because she herself had an abortion. But um, I do know a lot of women who do have abortions and then later um, denounce them in, in the highest order. Yeah, and I mean, I I think, you know, not having kids really, you know, turned her off from anything, you know, oh, with that. Yes. So she's, she's definitely coming from, you know, her own personal experience. Right. I mean, I, I, I won't go political on here. Me but, either. You know, it's um, Jane's rights and whatever. She can yeah. say whatever she wants to do. Exactly. We don't um, do pol- politics here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we do off, but not on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, she, you know, she sits there, you know, like you said, she's kind of, you know, living her best life. Her husband dies in 99. And then she passes away on February 28th, 2011. She lived a Uh, long time. You know, I don't even remember her death. You know, a lot of times you remember these things and I'm like, wow, she, I didn't know she lived so long. You know, she... I don't know. You know, I know you, you say that, but I think in a lot of respects, now she, she was not Jim Crawford. She was not Betty Davis where they like did all these tributes. And I don't remember Jane getting that much of a tribute to her death when she died. Perhaps she did. I just didn't see him or I wasn't aware of it, but I didn't know she lived so long. Yeah, no, she, um, she definitely did not, did not get, I think, what she deserved. And I do feel bad for Jane because a lot of her stuff, when she did her book, she did get, obviously, publicity for that. Right. But a lot of her stuff was really Marilyn-focused. Yeah, and she only um, did one movie with Marilyn. I I know, but Marilyn people are weird. Well, you know, Marilyn's wonderful. There's only one Marilyn, that's for sure. And Jane and Marilyn are night and day. They're such different people. But, um, yeah, I mean, I know people love Jane. And, I, you know, when I post pictures of Jane, it's like hubba hubba. You know, people like to see pictures of Jane. Um, but, no, I, I, you know, I don't really associate her with Marilyn Monroe, but I can see where people do because that's the movie she's most well-known for. Well, The Outlaw and then that one. Yeah, I think that there's, um, there, there's just, yeah, there's just a lot to unpack with it, so. She seemed to get along, yeah, and, and she seemed to do okay with her kids. I think her daughter, didn't her daughter have to go to 
um, um, mental hospital for something, but I think um, they all were okay. They all pretty much were okay kids, and they didn't really get estranged like a lot of people in Hollywood. Yeah, no, she seems to have always been close with her kids. Yeah. I mean, they said that she wasn't home a lot. She, she really was home a lot, if you think about it, compared to a lot of the other people. But, you know, they're the kids. They were there. They know what they think. But they loved her. They loved their mom, and they loved their dad as well. Yeah, no, mo- most definitely. Hey, Grace, sorry, just really quick. I have to get the damn cat. Come on, Willie. He's been meowing. And she had um, grandchildren. Did she die? Did she go into, uh, did she die at home? I don't remember. I don't think she went I to motion pictures died. thing. Yeah, I think she died at her house. Yeah. And she was able to uh, be with her family. And I guess she died pretty much of old age, right? Because she was like yeah. 90, 90, 90 years old, I think. Yeah, 21, no, right? She, 21, so that's Yeah, she, she died like two months before her 90th birthday. Um, and I think she was lovely. We have a, she has a legacy and I don't, you know, I don't think it's fair to lump her with Marilyn. That's for sure. But, um, she did a want, you know, I think if Marilyn didn't do it with Jane, who knows how well it would have come out because Jane was patient and caring and did all that other stuff. And it was a very, I love that movie and I do like Jane in it a lot. Yeah, no, most definitely. So she was an interesting character. She was very religious, but she lived a life. And if you want to read her book, her memoir, I would, I I think it's hard to find, but um, she was pretty honest. She was uh, so much more honest than I thought she would be. She was very honest. And um, it's a good book. Really good. I enjoyed it. I read it when it came out. Uh, but yeah, of course that was a while gone. Had to reread. <laughs> yeah, no, mo- most definitely. Um, I think she had a good life. She drank. She, did have a good life. she drank she a lot. Very, she she did. She did. She did struggle with that, but she got herself cleaned up, and mm-hmm. you know, she just she had a good life. She had a happy life. I think for the most part, you know, I she loved her brothers. She loved her family. She had a great gig, a great career. She did okay for herself. Exactly. And she has mountains named after her. (laughs) Come on. That's pretty good. Not just one mountain, two mountains. Exactly. And I don't know many people of that. I don't know anyone, actually, other than Mount Rushmore. I don't know anyone else who has mountains from, from Hollywood has mountains named after them. So I think... Jane has that all to herself. Uh, no, completely agree with you. Anything else we should say about Jane? No, I, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, so check her out. Check out more of her movies. Some of you probably haven't seen as many. But she she really has a nice presence. And Maria Okunsaka, or whatever her name is, you have no energy. I could just see her saying that to, to Jane. She has energy, and she's great. And April, you're fabulous. And know who we're talking about next week. We have talked about her before, but only because of her big-time romance with 
Richard Burton, we are going to discuss the life of the lovely Elizabeth Taylor. Yes. No, I'm I'm definitely stoked to talk about Elizabeth Taylor. And she was definitely a sultry brunette, and man, we think Jane had a great life. Elizabeth had her tragedies, but I think in, in, in a whole, she had a very good life. I completely agree with you. Okay, kids, so thank you so much for listening. Thank you, of course, to the lovely April VVA. And I will be posting this, and you will be hearing from us next week. So thanks, everybody. Thank you, April. I love you. Thanks, Grace. Love you, too. Okay, bye, everybody. Listen to the stories of Tim Sultan.